0: Let's get this show started.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is Elena and Justin. We are diving into another Q&A episode today to hammer out a topic with you. And thanks, Justin, for being on. We're excited to have this conversation.
0: Hey, how are you guys? Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And I I really, again, I appreciate all the listeners um, and all the downloads. Really, it's been quite phenomenal. So thank you, everyone. And hello, Elena.
1: Hello. And I'm really excited for today's question of how do you deal with mental anguish in team members when leading?
0: Yep. Good question. Um, I think whether or not you're white collar, blue collar, or whatever the cliches are now on terms, I don't know what they're teaching in school. But um, the thing is, is there is mental anguish. There's physical anguish. There's mental anguish, and mental anguish in this case is exhausted employees, or they're working hard, or COVID happened, for example, or um, there's bad stuff going on in their home, or there's abuse, or a bad marriage, or divorce, or kids sick, or cancer you name it. So, mental anguish can take a lot of forms, usually in stress. Um, sometimes it can take place in the work environments, creating it, meaning two individuals are not getting along that causes it. So I mean, first off, you have to identify kind of without prying or, or crossing any boundaries or lines at the workplace. Um, really like start to talk about it. and I want to give this disclaimer, because there's a lot of this going around right now I see on social media and the internet about, oh, I let me just break down ba- boundaries, and I'm not going to live with them anymore. And I'm not going to let them hold me back. Like boundaries are not meant to hold you in. I know that's the cliche now. Oh, not only do walls uh, keep well, but they keep you in. I understand all that. But if you don't have serious boundaries with the right people, boundaries aren't a universal thing. It means you have them with people. And so that being said, is you have to understand what your boundaries are with the team member that you're dealing with. So if you don't have a relationship with that team member in the first place and you haven't been building one, you're going to have trouble doing this stage or even understanding how to deal with it or not getting frustrated with mental anguish or knowing how to address it. So you've got to have um, you know, core value number two, which is build lasting relationships always with your team members and, and your employees and you've got to have a reputation to be XYZ leader so you can stand back on it, whatever your core values are personally, you know. Um, you know mine's loyalty, mine's the discipline to show up, and mine's aggressive. You know, those are just three of mine, probably more aggressive for most people than they, than most people like. But either way, those are some of the things I'm no by. So how do I bring it to the table to be like, okay, how do we get through this mental anguish? Okay. Nine times out of 10, um, nine times out of 10, um, I'm going to give everyone an opposite scenario. Nine times out of 10, we think we need to give that person more space. They need time off to go get their head on straight. Um, I would agree probably that is good. Okay. You want to give a person space to think. Okay. However, how we do it is important. So, nine out of 10 times we think that exiting them from the situation or work is the solution. And then letting them have time to focus on it and drown in it or go deal with it or whatever is the solution. I'm going to tell everyone something different. For me, I gauge it very quickly. And nine times out of 10, I do the opposite, okay? And as a whole business, when we start getting mental anguish, it usually means we're getting too comfortable as a whole, meaning we're having too much time on our hands to think about everything because everything's too good. And you want to have good businesses and you want to be able to play foosball and ping pong at work and do whatever. But you also need to make sure that there's enough discipline and go getting and drive that those are just ways to deal with stress and mental anguish, not escape from work. OK, so you can do things like that for me. Um, for here. um, It's rare that I'm like, oh, you need rest or you need to go home. Generally, you need to flip the script. How can I get that person doing something where they're still able to somewhat process what's going on in their brain and what's going on and do a task that's mentally, I don't know miniature for lack of a better term like something that's mundane that's easy for that person to do that's very repetitive that doesn't take much thought that they're able to get something accomplished and have a win while processing what goes on in their head and it means you're going to have to break down the way you manage your business different or you manage the tasks for your employees different given or the way you manage your own tasks so you have these to give out um But I see time and time again that either managers ignore it and it's theirs or they say, oh, maybe you need some time. Why don't you just go home? Okay, I see those both those scenarios most most commonly. And everyone's like, no, I don't do that or whatever. Mm. people see something happen it's very quick in our minds where we're like oh it's not my problem or we need to move on or this is the workplace or it's not personal this is business all untrue and i hate that stupid fucking thing it's not personal it's business of course it's fucking personal you're there how long you're raising money to raise a family to build your family legacy it's all personal it doesn't mean you need to call people names or get mad or throw a fist amongst this being recorded, the Chris Rock Will Smith thing, or slap someone doesn't mean you need to do that. But what I will say is that you need to figure out how to move them forward, because mental anguish is usually them getting stuck. And they're tired and they can't take anymore and their mind's tired and they're trying to process too much at once. And so in order to do that is how do you break down a small task where they can process but complete something else where they're starting to build confidence again? An easy task. Can you staple these 20 pieces? I know it's mundane. You look like you have a lot going on. I think this would probably just help you get your mind off of things for a little bit. I know it's not maybe your job, but could you just help me with this? You know, I don't know how you do it, but you have to build the relationship with me. It comes easy for me to ask people to do things, but I built it over a very long period of time. And now I know how to do it over years of experience because I practiced it. And I still feel at it. There's still times someone's like, oh, what the hell? Justin? Ah, and then they still work for me. And it's like, walk in and next thing you know, like someone just like, I didn't even know I did this, but I accidentally stomped their stand castle. So they're coming into my sand and stomping all over it. I mean, 24 years later, really good at business, millions of dollars we've made tens of millions of dollars in revenue every year. If not, you know, some years way more than that. You still come in every day and have that happen to you. You still run into mental anguish or employees at home that have a bad day or something bad at home or at work where you're gonna to have to battle it, but you need to be consistent as a leader. So how do you handle it? Nine times out of 10, I handle it that way. You have a family emergency, you have a family problem. Okay, that type of mental anguish, cool. one out of 10. But there's a lot and everyone's like, oh, well then what's the rest? Well, there's a lot of mental anguish we all go through on a regular basis. And now that I just put it in that scenario, what is it that's going on? I'm not talking about being sick. I'm talking about stress. I'm talking about I got a shit life. I got to go to the parent-teacher conference. My kid is not working out at school. Just basic life shit. That causes mental anguish. How do you get a person through it? You got to make them start winning. You got to give them wins. And you got to help them do it. That's your job, whether you're doing it so they can see it at home, whether you're doing it so they have the confidence to leave an abusive relationship, whether you're doing it to help build them up, whether you're doing it, they lead better for their children or whatever it is, whatever you're doing at work, whatever you're responsible for with that responsibility, when someone's mentally anguished, it's not to put more on them. It's not to let them off the hook. It's how do you build them up in that moment? And so I've told everyone how I deal with it. There's a lot of other ways, but it's really how do I make things harder? And sometimes, guys, it's a whole team. The whole team is tired. Great. We're getting back on it. We're kind of sliding with the cooler walkthroughs. Everyone, I'm going to be here. 7.30 a.m., we're doing the cooler walkthroughs again. You guys are getting tired. What? What? I'm tired. I'm tired. Nope. Routine, routine, routine. Get back in a habit. Habits, routine, help mental anguish because the brain can relax in a habit because the lazy brain is in a habit. The lazy brain, like, look, when you turn off the switch while you're driving, you go into like just lazy brain. You don't even know you're driving half the time. Like, oh, I just didn't even realize I drove for two hours. That's the lazy habit brain. It wants to be there. So you create some mental anguish. Is helping everyone build the habit during mental anguish to go complete task to do it. Deborah does it. It drives me crazy, but Deborah does it really well. Deborah starts cleaning. Deborah's got mental anguish. She doesn't even know this is how she deals it. She's cleaning the house. She's doing whatever. Sometimes there's some criticisms in there about me or the kids not cleaning up more. So be it. But that's how she deals with the mental anguish. So how do you create that same thing at work? I go mow the lawn, I go run, I go exercise. Okay, now how do I create that in the work environment where someone's spending 40 hours a week? What if they're an employee that's on the floor in production? Can I have a team that's strong enough or an extra member always on a team, whether there's call out sick or I got a mental anguish where I can slide a team member or an entire team to do a different task that's less less thought process, more mundane to build that team back up and build the individuals back up on the team. Soccer is no different. You lose, you go at it harder, and you rebuild right away. You get fall off a of horse, you get back on right away and learn from your mistakes. So, mental anguish is a lot like it. You're avoiding the brain from over processing so you don't have a mental breakdown, but you're not stopping and getting stuck. So Always, there's a lot of mundane tasks and this people find this interesting. Like, so in our business, we knock out tasks very quickly, you know, especially the easy ones, but there's always some in the reserve that I know that are the least critical to getting done that may drive people crazy, but I hold on to them as a reserve for the mental anguish. Everyone needs it. Everyone needs a win sometime. Everyone needs a moment to rebuild. Everyone needs a chance to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. It's the whole era that we live in where it's less emotion, more serious, less male, less female, whatever it is. It's, it's a it's crazy scenario. I want more in the business. I don't want you to be an emotional, unemotionally intelligent, but I want you to be super emotionally intelligent. I want to feel the emotions. I want us to be able to navigate them as a team. I want us to help understand the client's emotions and the consumer's emotions and who we are as humans and how we better the world as a whole. And that's going to be tough. And it's going to cause a lot of mental anguish. But the more we get used to moving forward during mental anguish as a team as individuals not only here but everywhere as a human that's a visionary human like i believe that i am or like humans like me are or have been it's that my vision is for the human growth as a whole not only regenerating the planet but how do we also get the humans there to be a part of it as a whole so, in the visionary leader of it all, is everyday little actions are broken down in tasks for every human that they can grow not only at Food Service Partners or Better with Bacon Fed or Grown Strong or Primal Rock Grocery House or any of our other subsidiaries or partnerships or whatever. They can grow in their own communities, in their families help grow the people in their communities, help grow the people in their families, help do better for the animals in the world and in their um, communities and in their lives and the plants and their environments and so on and so forth. So mental anguish actually provides an opportunity. And um, the other thing it does is if it's something that work is causing, it gives you the ability to go possibly address something or fix a process or problem or team member or move around positions or whatever um so there's always those things um and you just have to be flexible and you have to have conversations and you got to believe in like Jocko Willink is cover and move if your team's built to help cover and move each other during crisis or mental anguish Or leave or whatever, like I talked about and having an extra team member and moving around. Yes, it costs money, but you can move around and you have more flexibility if you can afford it. Um, It helps with the mental anguish piece also at the workplace you allow individuals to deal with some of that and if it's a mental anguish caused by a team well what's going on there and how do you you know move individuals in and out of the team to find out where it's what's going on and who may be causing it if no one's coming forward and there's a lot of ways but that being said uh, mental anguish is part of life um and if we're not seeking it um we're not seeking to grow from it or we're not seeking to create patterns from it to help us win through those situations. We're doing ourselves a great disservice in the long run. Our children, our team members, um, our teammates, um, our coworkers, however you want to look at it. um, Mental anguish is the ticket to growth. So uh, we just want to help create the habit. So thoughts, Elena, as we wrap this up, I don't really have any other thoughts in that, but you may spark one.
1: Yeah, I think just listening to everything you shared, I think a lot of times people view things like mental anguish as a negative, but you are sharing ways that even through those circumstances, you can use it as something positive to impact your life or the lives of those around you. So that was just interesting. I think that will uh, really awaken a lot of people who listen to the episode and and tend to think of mental anguish as a negative or a distraction, but really it can be a way that you can turn around and, you know, use that as energy for something more positive.
0: And I mean, it's a powerful tool to an individual. Like if I understand my own mental anguish and what I go through, I can help, you know, um, be compassionate and empathize with other individuals. Um, You know, in my own mental anguish, I also, I mean, that's where change happens, right? That's where we, that's the hardships we're talking about that make a difference. But sometimes it's all in our heads and we're doing things because we think they're going to do it. It's insanity. We keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. And we cause this mental anguish in our own selves and we see other people do it as well and we can't fix other people's habits, but we can train ourselves and other people to do little things or take on tasks that move us forward and turn into positivity, so, while we're not addressing the negative thing per se in the moment of the negative thing, we're creating a good habit around it. So we're creating a superpower around the negative thing that eventually will give us the strength to go back and address the negative thing. And I talk about this a lot. Everyone wants to dive in and coach and mentor and go right after the negative thing. It's not. It's the tools. It's the pattern. It's how we create the things that gets the person um, during the mental anguish, during the hardship, doing something that moves them forward and then eventually them over time, sometimes years in my case or in, in a lot of people's case of building that confidence through that hardship or getting using time that they can actually go back and conquer the hardship. But if you just try to conquer the hardship, that's already larger than you that already has a lot of years on you and you try to go in a day one, day two, that shit's going to kick your ass and spit you out. Chew you up, I guess, and spit you out. Sorry, I mixed up the terms as usual. (laughs) But, but it, um, that's what it is, right? So I don't know how that's not logical. And there's no cheat code and there's no hacking life in this sense. Mental anguish is just part of growth. And, and other people, it's part of their growth. And so you don't want to rob it of them and you don't want to get them in a pattern or create a pattern where they go to an easier place and then get stuck there and ruminate. And so, um, you know, it's amazing to see, okay, 20 papers. Oh, I accomplished this 20 papers, Justin. I don't know why you had me do it, but, they're done. And they started already out of the pattern. Like, why did he have me do this? Why am I doing this? What is it about that's making me, okay, we're starting on to something else. So like I said, um, the most powerful tool is learning to deal with your own mental anguish, creating those habits. So you can then also turn to other people and create the same small habits with a little task that you can do that are less brain active, that maybe you can hold back that are less priority that helped you get in that space. I mow lawn, I mow the lawn that helps me every week go deal with mental anguish on purpose. I, I sort of vault it until I can deal with it or I can go exercise or I can do something that helps me do a small task when I unload it that way. And so I learned that as a kid. Um, so I just try to give other people the same tools. I was fortunate to learn it through being on a farm or playing soccer. Um, does it always work and do I lose track of it and do I get off habit? Of course. Um, but mental anguish is necessary. And lastly, no matter how much I conquer it or create habits in it, there's always more and new. Because the more you peel back a layer in the Shrek retif- metaphor, Shrek metaphor you know, the more layers there are to figure out about yourself, about the world, or the more you're trying to conquer or grow your business, um, the more, you know, or the more you get comfortable with or more exposure experience education, the more there is to learn within that to keep growing. So it's hard. It sucks. Um, And I haven't witnessed any overnight successes myself. Um, And certainly the mental anguish has been part of the growth for the teams, uh, the businesses, myself, for any success we've had. And um, I have to be very careful because I do purposely sometimes create mental anguish in the businesses if we get too comfortable. I do push tasks. I do create internal projects. I do clean up systems. I do get pushy about things and when people are starting to get comfortable i do get more aggressive um and during hard times i get less aggressive and i'm more comforting and i try to give more goals and inspirational speeches than hardship but i'm different than everyone else everyone thinks that pushing harder during hard times is a thing i'm not pushing harder guys i'm just changing the task And if it's a team, I'm just changing the task as a whole. Like if it's the people up front in the the offices, everyone, we're going to move around pallets and help count inventory at one o'clock for two hours, hour and a half, hour. I don't know, whatever. It depends on how bad I think it is or how bad a manager is telling me if I recommend them to do it. So you have to gauge everything. You have to know everyone. You have to spend time with everyone. You have to be present and have presence with your team and your business um, or whatever your job is. And you have to be willing to kill it every day. And if you're not killing it every day, it's going to be very hard for people to come in and want to kill it with you or listen to you or you to give tasks for them to do that are weird and them to trust you. So cool. Cool. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, everyone in the audience. Have a really cool day. Everyone, you know, enjoy spring, get outside, um, read more books, um, grow yourself forward. And like I said, create habits and mental anguish for yourself, for your team members, for your family, whatever it is, you know, if there's a hard dinner conversation, get up and go for a walk as a family. Seriously, I know kids got homework and shit, but they're going to learn more from doing that walk together as a family and getting through the mental anguish or argument of the conversation than sending someone to their room. Sending one person to the room and isolate them. It, I know we do this, especially in America that we have our own rooms. You need to do it differently. Sorry to say it in psychologists and everyone's probably going to argue with me. I'm just going to tell you from someone that's led teams my whole life and been in charge of running big projects my whole life, you bring the team together during crisis, you do not separate them. They don't get along with each other, you get them along, you push them into a room even harder. You get them on tasks that require teamwork even harder. It's just the way it is. And going the other way and having companies and and do well, I know there's plenty of people that do it that way. I just don't think we're talking about long-run legacy companies. And we're not talking companies that have the resiliencies to get through the ups and downs. So having cash is one thing. Having people that are resilient and mentally tough is a whole other thing. So your scorecard's your bottom line only, which it should be one of them for sure, profit, you're good to go. But it's just not my only scorecard. And we've been talking about this a little bit in the developing young leaders. And we have a second part coming out somewhere around when this episode release is what is my goals. And I bounced all over the board in the first part, but I just told you basically, it's obviously the bottom line and profit and making money and growing businesses but it's the other part is what are we leaving behind? How are we growing the humans and how are their legacies growing? Are they mentally tough? Can they have a voice? Are they able to stick up for themselves? If their family was getting robbed, could they handle it? Did they have the mental and physical capacity to handle the situation? I don't know, but I can tell you right now, it starts on how willing we are to just let someone off the hook during mental anguish. And how much habits we create as managers and leaders, and allowing them to create habits around it. At work, you're the boss. You could do something better. So, do something better. You're not criticizing someone. You're not putting your opinion on someone. You're not saying I'm better than them. You're creating a habit that they can use. And so, the habit they can use in any way in life they want to, regardless of their belief system. So, you're not doing anything other than giving them a habit for the future and setting them up to succeed, which is what you should do if you're a leader or a manager or a boss, whatever you want to call it, or an owner or an entrepreneur or a community leader or teacher. But either way, there you have it. So that's how, you, uh, that's how I lead through uh, mental anguish on a team. At least personally, Um, I would be interested in hearing if other people wrote in what their opinions are and, uh, or if there's anyone out there that's really in this field or an entrepreneur that wants to come on the podcast and talk about, I'd love to talk about as well. Because I think to your point, Elena, yes, everyone has historically looked at mental anguish as a negative thing. I think a human, as a human species, we've generally keep trying to make things easier and easier and easier and easier for ourselves. So until we're the little people in Wally that are on the things, drinking our shakes every day because we're too lazy to even make food or have food. (laughs) So any questions from you, Elena, or anything that I can address before we get off and or uh, anything you want to say as we get off?
1: I don't. I think there were some great call to actions there at the end that, you know, I'd love to hear from the audience, uh, how they feel about just this episode and the things that you were sharing and how, you know, they can take, take away some points from what you shared and actually put them into action in their homes or in their businesses. I think that all the points you shared were very direct and very to the point and will be very beneficial for for lots of people. So I appreciate everyone listening in, please send us your feedback. We would always love to hear from you and Justin, I'll let you close us out.
0: Thank you everyone. I appreciate again, all the downloads. I appreciate everyone listening in. I know there wasn't a lot of small talk on this episode, but, um, you know, really, I think what I've really learned, if anything else, um, especially over the last 24 years as an entrepreneur and food service partners is being resilient requires facing mental anguish and building mental toughness out of it. And if you don't do that, there's no way for your business or your community or your country or your job or your family to survive or or let's say, okay, they survive. Let's just say we're not achieving greatness. We're just passing through another generation uneventfully you know so you know it just really depends on what time of human you are what type of thing you want for your family there's a lot of people there's famous people that'll want normal lives and be a normal human great you know but I don't know why in life you don't want to strive for more. And the people that have more, why we don't give them the respect that they earn it. And yes, some people inherited, and there's the ovarian lottery, and it's random and you know, it's not fair. But I think being able to deal with mental anguish in any of those scenarios, no matter what your lot in life is, will rise you and your family and your legacy to greatness or some of the greater, greater human legacies or family legacies in human history, but you have to be willing to do it. And there isn't many humans, if any, currently that, you know, that really think about it in this way, you know, maybe there's, you know, people that are working out, um, they're not realizing they're, they're dealing purposely with mental anguish, How that can translate throughout their lives so they can be successful humans at work or at home with their kids or with their wife. That same routine that they do to work out, oh, it's a a text or a letter or flowers. How do you build those same routines in your life? And we just don't translate them. And so that's the type of things that we're talking about is how do we take these things and really translate them to be successful in all the areas of our life? Thank you, Elena. Thank you, everyone. Have an amazing day Um, and lead today. Really take the time to lead and set an example of leading. Uh, It's important.
1: Absolutely. We look forward to the next episode and we will talk to you guys next time.